0: How did you two meet? It's a question that every couple is asked sooner or later and some people have a really good story. Think love at first sight doesn't exist? Dating apps are just for casual hookups? No one really meets their life partner when they help pick up their spilled shopping? Think again. This series is a celebration of true love stories told by the couples themselves. I'm Maria Passingham, this is Equal Parts. I was so nervous.
1: I was so nervous. He,
2: he came right up to me and rested his massive fist, it was like a bear's paw on my nose.
0: Oh my god, what have I just said? Our first tale is a classic, a good old-fashioned setup. There's snow, there's trains, there's a bit of fisticuffs. In other words, all the makings of a great rom-com. Here's Sarah and Freddie, a couple of six years, now living in South London.
1: I'm Sarah, I'm from Manchester, and I work in theatre as an assistant stage manager.
2: I'm Freddie, my partner is Sarah, otherwise known as Gaz. She doesn't allow me to call her Sarah, she she tells me if I call her Sarah, so it's Gaz. Uh, I'm 26 years old, I live in London, I work at a music label, doing a lot of digital online stuff that the older people don't think they can do.
1: We met on the 25th of January and we like to call that whole week up until the 1st of February our anniversary because our first date was on the 1st of February, which is exactly a week after we first met. So I first met Freddie, um, so my friend, my best friend, showed me pictures of him, so she'd met him before I had. The first thing that I saw when I saw pictures of him was... His fashion or his and his hair actually, I just liked his face tall, dark and handsome. yeah, this is one picture, which was his profile picture at the time, and he's wearing like a white jacket, and he's standing on a roof, trying to look cool, and I thought he does look cool, so we sat there and stalked him on <laughs> Facebook quite regularly for about two weeks up until she said, "Why don't you come to Sheffield?" and meet him and so I literally did get on the train to meet this guy um and I was in her boyfriend at the time I was in his room getting ready and to go out and suddenly Freddie appeared at the doorway um so I just remember him and the clothes that he was wearing and his hair and being introduced as Gaz and Vivian (laughs) that's the whole other story um and that was it and I just I just knew that that was
2: it. When I first met her, I was, at a, I was at a period in my life when I was looking for romance all the time, like quite a lot. And then one of her friends set me up, but I was so adamantly trying to do it on my own that as soon as I saw her, I was like, "Oh, hello, you all right?" And then just like carried on walking. Essentially, I definitely just tried to blanker out of my mind because I was still so focused on just trying to find love on my own because I thought that was what you I had to do. It. I, silly. I, was, I was rubbish, eh? I was single for two years but looking the whole time.
1: So it started off at my best friend's boyfriend's house in Sheffield and also in this house is another friend of Freddie's from school they just all sort of followed each other to Sheffield. Um, so it was a big house party. And Fred will tell you as well that he wasn't even going to come out. But they, like, convinced him. His friends convinced him to come out. Um, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And we all went down into the kitchen. There was this living area in the kitchen. And everyone was sitting in a circle. And there were loads of people that I'd never met before. And... Um, Fred and I were sitting next to each other I think but I just couldn't, I just didn't have the courage to talk to him Um, until eventually I don't know what made it happen it was probably Freddie who started talking and we were talking about radio and how I did the radio at uni and he always said he thought that was really cool Um, and from then on we just chatted and chatted and chatted
2: Uh, I think the thing that caught me most then is when she started talking to me and she was just doing loads of cool stuff like she was doing radio at university she was at, doing some tv and she just started talking about loads of other stuff that I wish I was doing at the time and I was like wow this girl's really cool and then just after we finished talking at the pipe before we went dancing we had to walk this is in Sheffield we had to walk to the club or the next bar or wherever it was and uh, it was snowing outside, and this is uh, January, so it was a pretty good snow. And uh, we had a big snowball fight, and she had a big winter coat on, and these little purple, uh, I think, plimp soles or something on. And uh, for a particularly good snowballer, obviously I was aiming at her most than anyone else because I already completely fancied it. It was
1: really, really heavy snow. Uh, And I had these really flimsy shoes on that I just bought because I didn't even have anything to wear. So I turned up to Sheffield and had to go to Topshop and I bought this dress that didn't really fit me. It was too tight Um, and some really flimsy shoes that I don't have. I think I probably got rid of them on the night. Um, And then so we walked all the way down from the house into town and he was throwing snowballs at me (laughs) and I like... Lost my shoe in the middle of the road, as well, at one point, and then eventually we ended up in this pub I think it's called the Cavendish.
2: My friends were there, and her best friend from home was there and she was the one that set the two of us up and uh yeah i was just I just found her absolutely amazing and I knew actually as soon as I met her at the party beforehand that uh I really wanted her to be my girlfriend, and I hadn't had that before. I'd met girls that I thought were cool i like, oh, this person really likes this part of a film. And I thought that was uh, that was what romance was, but it wasn't really. I, it didn't do anything. And then I met Gaz, and uh, I just... It was as what well I wanted. So we then went to another bar.
1: A place called West Street Live in Sheffield. It's more of like a motown vibe, soul vibe.
2: This is the fun... up. Uh, upbeat, kind of soul, nightclub, I guess, soul and funk, a bit Craig Charles, six music kind of stuff. And uh, we were dancing there, and then uh, we shared our first kiss on the dance floor.
1: We had our first kiss there. And, um, And then got a taxi home.
2: I remember she was giving me her phone number, and she took my phone and put it in, and then the next morning because uh, we're all staying in my fr- our friend's house.
1: I had to leave early-ish. And so as I was leaving, Fred asked me if he could come and see me in Manchester. But I was like, no, I'm not going to be in Manchester. And he got really confused and thought that I went to uni in Manchester and was from Oxford, and he was convinced that that was what it was, until I had to be like, no, like I'm going back to Oxford to go to uni, because it's in the Christmas holidays still. And so I remember leaving the house and him asking if he could come and see me, and I said, yeah.
2: I said, oh, I'll, I'll call you and we'll arrange something in Manchester. So uh, she said, yeah, great, and we hugged and she went off. And then about five minutes later, I went through my phone to find her number, just to check it was still there. I couldn't find it.
1: I think for ages he was searching for Sarah and it wasn't coming up and then realised, oh, I need to put in Gaz. Um, and, and then I think it took about three days for me to hear from him. And I remember saying to my friends from home, like oh, yeah, like, I met this guy, but um, I've not heard from him yet, so I don't know, but, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up. But, um, but, yeah, and then eventually I heard... And I think he thinks that three days is quite a cool amount of time to leave it.
2: So up until this point, I'd never actually... If I if I met someone that I was sort of interested in, I, I wouldn't... I never... I wasn't I had the courage, but I never was really bothered about contacting them much afterwards, because... I don't know, after meeting someone new, it'd be kind of fun at first, and then you might send a text, and I was fun and then I got bored. <laughs> but then with, with Gaz, it was different. I I, I wanted to, to speak to her, so uh, after three days, which is an accidental three days, wait. Uh, I just was going out to various gigs or something with friends, and I don't think I wanted to ring her up too hungover. So I so I rang I rang actually rang her up. It was the first time I'd ever done that with a girl. I was so nervous. So nervous. I just pressing the, the button to press the calls. Difficult and then rang up and uh we organized going uh, on a date on the weekend, the following weekend after we'd first met, in Manchester. So we met in Sheffield and arranged a date in Manchester.
1: I just finished I was doing some work experience at a radio station in Manchester and So he came, he got the train about one o'clock.
2: I listened to one of my favourite albums to try and chill myself out. Uh, Nicholas Jar's Space Is Only Noise, which isn't a particularly relaxing album. (laughs) Actually, now I think about it, it's pretty weird. But uh, I was just listening to it a lot of the time and uh, I hoped it would calm me down, which it kind of did. Kind of did, but I, I knew it was still such a momentous occasion that... That was still my heart was actually pounding for the whole journey.
1: I remember we walked down to Castlefield in Manchester and went to Duke's ninety two and had pizza. Um, and I remember talking. I was so nervous, and I remember we talked about driving. That was the only part of the conversation that I remember passing our driving tests or something.
2: It was good. It was so sort of flowing, but it wasn't relaxed as you might be sitting down with your friends. And it was a little bit obvious.
1: And he always says that he did a really good thing and he, to break the ice. And he sent me up the stairs to the toilet because I needed the toilet. And he said, oh, yeah, they're just up this way.
2: Purposely pointed her in the wrong direction. And she walked into a business meeting <laughs> full of suited men. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then came back down really embarrassed. Uh, but in a, in a kind of happy way. And that sort of broke the ice.
1: It did break the ice, to be fair, because from then on, it was a lot easier. Which we shared a lot, that I wouldn't have usually thought you would have shared on a first date, but it just did feel natural.
2: We went to see this free stand-up comedy at uh, the main theatre there, the Royal Exchange. Which I looked
1: because that's always been one of my favourite buildings in Manchester.
2: Which was really bad.
1: <laughs> and then we went to an oyster bar in Manchester... Uh, and Fred says he nearly got stabbed.
2: Uh, it was really, really rammed, packed full of people. It was obviously a popping bar. And we managed to find a perch on a windowsill in one of the rooms. And it was quite a small room, uh, and there were just a bunch of locals sitting around, and uh, they couldn't understand my southern accent, and I can understand their Mancunian accent, but we still took a shining to them. And, we, and then they ended up inviting us to just sit in their circle, so we did. We got a better seat on the sofa. And Gaz started talking to this guy next to her... I can't remember his name, but he had a tattoo of his daughter tat- on his arm. The name of his daughter on his arm.
1: I was too busy chatting to a man called Carl about his daughter that he had tattooed on his wrist who he hadn't seen in years. Uh, so I missed this whole stabbing episode.
2: So I was talking to the rest of the group, because Gaz was wrapped up in this story. Then this one guy who, who was really drunk in the corner and was only half really following what was going on. And beforehand, he had shown us these uh, scars you know, on his back, which he said were stab wounds. And he was a big bloke, so he was pretty intimidating. And uh, this guy's daughter was sitting on the other end of the table, and then I think she asked me a few questions about what I was doing with Gaz where we we're thinking of going you know like whether we're enjoying manchester and then this guy gets angry because he thinks i'm hitting on his daughter i was like no 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 i'm on a date with this girl <laughs> i know she's not talking to me right now but i'm on a date with this girl here they sort of like staggeringly like wavered at me and then he was like and gaz had no idea this was going on she was busily chatting to this guy who hadn't seen his daughter in years and uh he came right up to me and rested his massive fist. It was like a bear's paw on my nose. Like rest. And I thought he was joking. He's obviously very confused. And then uh, the rest of the friends all get up at that point and realise it's getting a bit lardy, so he, they take him outside. And then I go, gas, 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 and I get a attention. And, we, and I was like, we have to go right now. So I basically drag her out. I was like, wow, <laughs> great introduction to Manchester. <laughs> so that was our first date. And then uh...
1: we had to run for the train because we both had to get the last train back. And this was the other thing was that I was, he was kept on asking me what time I needed to leave and what time I needed to go home. And I was really scared and I didn't want to like, so I just said, oh, six o'clock. And I think I said that I had to look after my sister or something. He's <laughs> only so like two years younger than me. <laughs> and then somehow i forgot about that and i stayed until yeah half eleven <laughs> I remember being in the in the foyer at manchester piccadilly
2: in the main hustle and bustle of the station we had a little a a kiss, kiss i guess our second kiss
1: <laughs> and oh it's so awful um, so we were saying, we were saying bye and then um i said i love you and I didn't think he heard it because he didn't react. But I was like, oh, my God, what have I just said? Thinking I was... I just meant it as if I was saying goodbye to a friend. But it happened just after we kissed, so it was just awful.
2: <laughs> it's the kind of thing that would definitely have freaked me out back then massively. So I just very quickly, subconsciously, pretended I hadn't heard it because she said it so quietly.
1: Oh, my gosh. And then we both went our separate ways. Uh, and he had to go to one platform and I well, I went to the other But it ended up that my train was sitting on the platform for ages and Fred was also waiting for his train. So I ended up seeing him on the platform whilst on this train just waiting for it to move. And I just told him I loved him (laughs) after a week of knowing him and two weeks of stalking him on Facebook. So, you know, (laughs) bit creepy. That took a few months for that to come out and for me to learn that he did hear me and he just had to push it out of his brain because he was a bit freaked out by it. He he definitely like talked to his friends about it. Um I hope he just knew that I was just nervous and just said it.
2: Quite funny. I forgot about it until I think two months later when her best friend, Emma Emma's boyfriend, Josh, asked me if I would heard and heard Gaz say anything at the end of the day and then I was like oh my god she said I love you at the end of the first date she didn't think that really did she uh, that's that's crazy uh, and I freaked out for a little bit and I was like nah she, she can't meant that it must have just been any, uh, an accident but it was funny because uh, I think after six months in our relationship I brought it up again being like oh yeah at least I didn't say I love you on the first date and she cringed pretty hard
1: that's a great story I love that one I always remember thinking that, like, oh, he's really carefree, which was something that I was never. So that was really nice because I went on loads of adventures with him.
2: I think the two of us together just, uh, well, know, we clicked in certain ways. It made everything very easy to do. The fact that Gaz was at university at Oxford Brooks and I was in Sheffield uh, was really easy, even though we got we saw each other for a couple of weeks or maybe longer. That was all right because we'd found the right thing and it was really nice. We, ne- we didn't really ever argue. We don't really argue now, either. I'm still finding out things out about her that still amaze me. Like some small things, some I don't know, big things as she changes and moves on with her life and works out what she wants to do with her career and, yeah. I'd say it's still really easy between the two of us.
1: He's just kind and I think a lot of people would probably say that and funny. They're kind of cliches, but it's
0: true. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passingham. Thanks to Audio Network for the music, and to Sarah and Freddie for sharing their story. Each episode of Equal Parts has an accompanying piece of original artwork produced by some of my favourite artists, designers and illustrators. This week's image was created by the wonderful Fran Marchese of Letters and Shapes, who also designed our logo. You can see her creation and find links to more of her work at equalpartspodcast.co.uk. Next time, a story spanning decades and the length of the country.
2: It was Anna's 30th and she was throwing a party in Newcastle. So my best friend, he, he got the invite.
0: And so Jamie
1: said to me, oh, Dunk Brown's coming as well. And I was like,
2: oh, great, lovely, thinking I always fancied him.